The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Scott Walker. Right now that time, 8.17, you're listening to WGNS on this Monday morning. Today, the 12th of February, just two days away from Valentine's and Dr. Craig McCabe in studio with us wearing his uh, Valentine's Day shirt. (laughs) How are you? Hey, I'm great. I'm wearing my red shirt. I'm not dressed up like Cupid. So I just wanted (laughs) to get that straight from the beginning. But uh, yeah, everybody knows who comes to my office that every day the staff wears the same color but every day we wear a different color, and Monday is red day. Could be so. taken as a Super Bowl Sunday day, because the, the, the red could be, well, could have went either way, I guess, with the red. It's Monday. <laughs> it's, it's Monday. <laughs> so. so both ways, both ways. Anyways, um, well, yeah, it's great to be here, and I would love for everyone listening, if they can think of any questions they may have that are eye-related Maybe they're about glaucoma or macular degeneration or diabetes or uh, glasses, contacts, cataracts, all the choices that you have for these things. Maybe you've experienced it yourself. Maybe you've got a loved one. Maybe you've got a neighbor or friend going through it and you'd like to understand or more more about it. That's what we're here for uh, today until nine o'clock. So any questions they can call us or they can text us, right? That That's right. 615-893-1450. That'll get you on the air or your question on the air. Now let's say you need a last minute Valentine's Day present. Okay. Maybe you're a special other one. Maybe they've been complaining to you about their glasses or their contacts. Well, maybe this is a great time to get that fixed. And all you have to do is uh, get them an appointment at our office, which won't be by Valentine's Day, <laughs> but they'll have that in an envelope for you and you can have credit for that. Uh, maybe uh, they would like a little treatment. Maybe they'd like a little Botox. Maybe they'd like a little filler to make their lips look better, to make their wrinkles go away, any of those kind of things, we have it all there at the office. So whatever your needs be, we want you to look and see and feel the best that you can. Now, I'm curious, we already have a question here, but before we get to that, I I know I've asked this before, but, but for those who are curious about it and have never done it, Botox, does it hurt? And where do people, what, what is the most, I don't know, the, the average place where most people get Botox? Well, that's a great question. So Botox is injected just under the surface of the skin. And it is a neurotoxin that blocks the neuromuscular junction. And in layman terms that keeps the muscles that create the wrinkles from being so active all the time and giving you deeper larger more noticeable wrinkles and so the most common areas treated are right above the uh, nose between the eyebrows the glabella there that causes these 11 lines when we frown those wrinkles there 
You can look in a mirror and you can see those quite obviously. The crow's feet, those are the smile lines when we smile. Uh, those around the uh, eyes. And then, of course, those of the forehead. And those are just all cosmetic. And uh, those are easily and quite aptly and efficiently treated with the Botox. We use a 32-gauge needle, the smallest needle that you can buy these days. And you do feel it, yes, but it's... It's just a minor little uh, scratch or prick like that against the skin. And it takes about four days to start working. You get maximum effect in two, and it lasts about four months. Now, as I mentioned, frown lines, smile lines. So these are all lines that involve muscular contraction, because I told you it was a neuromuscular blocker. So it does not work on those lines on your face that you have when you're not smiling, you're not frowning, you just have a normal resting face. And so what's best for those is the filler. And that basically goes more deep underneath the skin and it stretches out the surface of the skin there. And it's just like if you put two fingers, one on each side of that wrinkle and stretched it just a tiny amount and it went away, that's what the filler does. So the filler we use uh, in the office um, works uh, very well, and it lasts about three years. You may need a little tune-up on it a year or so later, but the maximum effect lasts quite a while. And those work on the wrinkles that you have all the time. So between that and the ones of facial expressions, uh, you can look a lot younger when you get rid of some of those bad wrinkles. And that's a nice thing to have. And uh, especially a lot of women and now men uh, appreciate looking younger. So once you get that first injection of Botox, is it something you're going to have to routinely do in order to, to keep those wrinkles away? Because I know you said, uh, for example, one lasts for about four to six months and, mm -hmm. and then the other lasts longer, depending on where you're getting it, of course. Right, right. Well, with Botox, um, it doesn't last quite as long if you were to get it done around your mouth. I typically don't recommend that, but that's an area of high metabolic activity. And if you talk even more, even more, so you know who you are. But anyways, it doesn't last as long there. But typically the filler products work better there. Um, the best way is just to come in, make an appointment. We can go through everything that you like and tell you what would be best where and what works and what doesn't. It's just that simple. Good enough. Our number here at the station, 615-893-1450. You can call or text Dr. McCabe at that number. And uh, first question texted to us, it says, I am 42 years old mm -hmm. and I am diabetic. What do I need to know and to watch out for for diabetic retinopathy? Well, first of all, kudos to you for knowing the words diabetic retinopathy. <clears throat> so... If we talk about the main things that diabetes typically first affects that is a significant effect on your body is your eyes, your kidneys, and your feet. So the nephropathy, we're going to learn a few words here today, nephropathy, nephros meaning kidney, that's kidney disease, and people that get really, really bad kidney disease, at the end of it, where they've lost most of their function, they have to go on dialysis, right? And then we were talking about retinopathy and then also th the neuropathy. The neuropathy is in the feet, and these people will get 
tingling numbness. They can get it so bad, they can step on a tack, be stuck in their foot and not even know it. And the only reason you know it is because you have nerves there that you can feel with. Well, if those nerves are damaged and you can't sense it, then <clears throat> you won't be able to feel that you're stepping on sharp things like that. You will feel a bump from pressure, but you won't feel the sharp pain. You will uh, have some loss of function maybe in your foot. And the nerves affect a lot of things, even from healing. You heard of people with these diabetic foot ulcers that take so long to heal. Or maybe they get bad infections. Maybe they have to get their toes amputated. You know, all these kind of things. And then in the eyes, it affects the retina. The retina is where most of the blood vessels are. And diabetes affects the capillaries of our blood vessels, the very fine ones. And it can cause them to leak or get blocked, get occluded, like little micro strokes, little micro infarctions there of the capillaries, or they can bleed and leak. <clears throat> now, blood, when it's in the capillaries, is life-giving, right? It gives off oxygen to the tissues. It takes away waste products, takes those to the kidneys and lungs and exchanges them and keeps going through this circulatory cycle. <clears throat> now, when your capillaries are damaged, you don't get that benefit as well. So the tissue can become hypoxic, doesn't get as much oxygen. The tissue can become more toxic because the waste products build up. <clears throat> you can have the capillaries actually leak and bleed into the tissue. And iron, which of course what helps the hemoglobin bind the oxygen molecules and transport it around our body, when that's in the tissues, instead of life-giving, it's toxic. <clears throat> so when it bleeds into the retina, you can actually damage your rods and cones with which we see light. And you can't get those back. You have what you have, and that's all you're going to have. And you're not going to have any more. And whatever gets damaged, you can't replace. <clears throat> because it's nerve tissue. Like we've talked about before, brain and spinal cord do not regenerate to any significant amount when they're damaged. So that's the diabetic retinopathy in the eyes. <clears throat> now, when you have sugar fluctuations, it can also change your glasses prescription. I wonder if you knew that. So if your sugar's up for a while, you may become more nearsighted or farsighted and you don't see as well out of your glasses. Your glasses are just fine. They didn't change their prescription, but you had swelling of the lens in the eye or in the retina which change the optics, and you need a different prescription. Now, if you're going to go back to your lower pressure, well, then the refraction is going to go back to what it was before, and your glasses will work again. But this doesn't happen on a minute-by-minute, second-by-second, hour-by-hour basis. It happens over days and weeks. <clears throat> so if you're having transient blurred vision, that's not the diabetes. That's something else. But... A long-term change consistent with your hemoglobin A1C going up high, that will definitely cause a change in your vision, in your glasses prescription, and you may need to get a short-term temporary pair of glasses. So all those kind of things. And because of that, your insurance requires you to get a dilated eye exam, a thorough eye exam. Not a little quickie where you're just getting glasses, but a medical eye exam where they're looking for this in your eyes. And you should get that once a year. And that's all you have to do. You know, it's interesting what the human body can do and how it can change over time. 
Oh, boy. Well, me being now much older than I used to be, and everyone else, I think, will attest to that, uh, although we try to do the best we can to stay young, maintain our weight, exercise, uh, and, you know, test and learn new things for our brain. Do you know that's one of the best ways to retain your memory? It's got nothing to do with eyes now, but stimulate your brain. And if you can stimulate your brain while you're stimulating your body, the research has shown that preserves memory function better than just sitting in a chair and doing Sudokus or something like that. You know what I mean? But if you can exercise while you're using your brain, these are things that help you retain your memory even better. So maybe uh, going on a walk while listening to, a, you know, like a, a book on tape or something. Yeah, a book on tape is good. But now working your brain is more than just listening. I mean, that's better than just silence. But, you know, working out some kind of puzzles or uh, predicaments, um, learning new skills. That's a wonderful way to exercise your brain. Maybe you've always wanted to go dancing. You want to learn to dance better, learn to dance, or not feel uncomfortable doing that. Well, you're learning new things. You're exercising your brain and your body. Maybe you like to hike in the woods. Well, don't hike the same old path that you've always hiked. Go on new paths that require you to remember and think about how to get back and stuff like that. Don't use your phone as your brain for everything where you can use your brain. You know, the, what's that saying? Uh, if you don't use it, you lose it, right? That's right. How many people now can't read a map where we could all read maps growing up, right? Um, yeah. Look at how everyone's sentence structure, grammar, syntax, spelling has gone down in our country. Uh, it's, it's very disappointing to see how we've kind of dumbed down because we've got spell checkers and grammar checkers and all these other things. And, uh, you know, we've forgotten those skills. So if you don't use it, you lose it. Use your brain, use your body, and you will benefit from it. Again, Dr. Craig McCabe in studio with us, and right now you can call us or text us at 615-893-1450. Here's another question. It says, I was wondering if the bags under my eyes are caused by my constant eye straining to see things far away. It says, I constantly squint, but don't want to wear glasses, and I can't wear contacts. Hmm. Well, I'll say that I bet you can wear contract contacts. You're saying, oh, no, I don't. I've tried. Well, usually people can't wear contacts, assuming you can get them in and out of your eyes. But usually they can't wear contacts because their contacts get dried out. And they get dried out because they got a dry eye problem. So if you fix your dry eye problem, which is the number one cause of contact lens intolerance by far, number two is way down. That's number one. You treat the dry, dry eye problem, your contacts are moist and lubricated and comfortable, and they feel so good you don't even notice them. So that's what you need for contacts. And uh, make an appointment in our office. Come in and see us. Uh, bring in your contacts. And, uh, you know, I, I feel pretty confident we can have, you know, really good luck in almost all patients in getting them to be able to wear contacts. So 
that I think can be an easy fix. It seems like dry eyes are one of those answers to a lot of problems that a lot of people have. Right. So the air tear film interface. So the tear film's what coats the front of our eye, the cornea and the conjunctiva, and it needs to be moist and it needs to be clear. And when it's like that, you can see very well. But as soon as it starts to dry out, then that smooth, lustrous tear film breaks apart. And 70%, 70% of all the focusing power of our eye is at that air tear film interface. So if it breaks down, I don't care if you've got otherwise 20-20 eyes or if like the previous one you wear contacts or maybe you've had cataract surgery, maybe you have the multifocal lens implants, maybe you're on the computer a lot where you don't blink as much, maybe you're a truck driver where you don't blink as much because you're focusing on the road for long periods of time. Maybe uh, you're one of these bazillion occupations that stare at the computer screens for most of the day. I mean, you know who you are and you know your eyes dry out. And boy, I'll tell you, one of the best things you can do for yourself is get yourself a good tear film. You can't buy it, you know, at Amazon. You've got to go see your eye doctor who treats eye disease like crazy and treats these dry eyes like crazy and once you get that moisture back in your eyes boy you'll be so happy it's going to make everything so better you're going to see better your eyes are going to feel better you know when your eyes are good your eyes are good when you don't notice them that's yeah. when they're good yeah. they see good they feel good so they don't bother me i don't notice them if you're noticing your eyes and they're bothering you that's your body telling you hey I, we got a problem going on here. Let's take care of this. You know, let's nip it in the bud. You know, let's not wait till it becomes a bigger problem. And, and dry eyes, it, that can feel so uncomfortable. It, it makes you feel, I, I would say, it makes you feel tired when maybe you're not tired even. Yeah, it, it makes you look like you're smoking that wacky tobacco. <laughs> That's right. You know, it, <laughs> people say, hey, what's going on with you? What's going on with your eyes? So anyways, uh, it's one of those things that we have really good treatments for now and uh, we can take care of you. Here's another question that says, Hi, Dr. McCabe. My eyes seem to water 24-7. It's embarrassing and leaves me with red <laughs> eyes. I cannot wear makeup because of it. What could be causing this? Okay. Well, this is a wonderful question. So, like Goldilocks, in testing out those three beds of the bears, right? One was too big, one was too small, and the one was just right. Your tear film's got to be the same way. You can't have too little. That's what we just talked about. That's a dry eye problem. Easy to fix. But if you've got too much, it's hardly ever, ever from overproduction of the tear film. It's usually from under drainage to get rid of the excess tear film because it turns over quite rapidly. So, if we think of the eye like a bathtub, you've got the faucet bringing the water in, you've got the drain hole, right, taking the water out, but let's say you're filling up the tub, and you go out and you get on the phone, or you're watching your TikToks too long, your bathtub overflows, right? You don't have enough drainage, right, because the water's spilling over. So, if you've got too little drainage, and that's the reason, 
and only your eye doctor can tell whether it's too little production or too little drainage. So if your eye doctor determines that it's overflowing all the time, like you said, because of under drainage, that means that the tear duct, many people think the tear duct brings tears to the eyes. Uh-uh, that's wrong. It does the opposite. It's the drainage system. It takes the moisture out of the eye. So if that stoppers in that bathtub and you've got the faucet going the normal way, it's going to overflow, right? So we have to get that plug out wherever that may be. There's an occlusion. There's a blockage. There's a calcification. There's an adhesion. There's some scar tissue there blocking the drainage. Sometimes that drainage tube narrows from the mucosa swelling inside of it. This happens with allergies. Any kind of irritation or swelling of the mucosa narrows the lumen, decreases the drainage. It may drain some, but not enough to keep it from overflowing. So the answer is go see an eye doctor that treats dry eyes a lot that can take care of this. They'll figure out which it is, and then they'll tell you whether you need to increase the drainage or increase the moisture in your eye, which are handled completely opposite. How bad is it for your eyes to be on your phone, you know, not 24-7, but more hours than not? Let's not say our phone. Let's say any display screen, right? Because we have tablets, we have laptops, we have monitors for towers, regular computers, and you can be watching a TV. So we have all these kind of video display screens that we can watch. And it's not just one, but it's the sum of all of them during the day. And boy, that becomes a lot more than you think. And that's because we're a very visually driven. Our eyes are getting more and more important to us. So as this happens, we spend more time on these displays. And when we're on these displays, it's interesting, our blink rate cuts in half. So normally we blink about 12, 14 times a minute, but then it goes down to six or seven. And blinking is what remoisturizes our eyes. Every time we blink, that tear film, like a nice roller brush, coats the surface of the eye with that tear film. That keeps the mucosa moist and we see very well and comfortable and our eyes aren't red. So that's what you need to do. You need to have a good tear film and not too little and not too much. Now, staring at the video display screens where we cut that blink rate in half, now we're not moisturizing. So now we don't have the faucet's been turned down, if you will, right? Drainage is the same, but the faucet's turned down. And so we don't have enough moisture in our eyes. They get dry. They get red, scratchy, itchy, gritty, sandy, feels like a foreign body's in there. Uh, that can lead to these symptoms of eye strain, which are all the same, and blurred vision. But if we take a break and we blink our eyes and maybe we put some artificial teardrops in, and then a couple of minutes later we go back and we look at the screen, we see pretty good again. That's how you know you're having a dry eye problem. Boom. You've diagnosed it correctly yourself. 
So now you're going to start using artificial teardrops three to four times a day, one drop at a time in each eye. If you can do that every day and that takes care of it, you don't have to go see an eye doctor. But if it doesn't, or you get tired of putting eye drops in your eyes four <laughs> times a day. I know I would. So any of those kind of issues, and you're not going to see as well, you're going to underperform at your job, whatever sports you play, whatever hobbies you have, and your eyes are going to feel uncomfortable and red. You don't have to deal with it. We can fix all these things. Just uh, go see uh, your eye doctor that treats a lot of dry eyes, and you can get it fixed. Again, in studio with us today, Dr. Craig McCabe. We're going to take a short break, but you can text us or call us, 615-893-1450. And Dr. McCabe's office, by the way, is at 122 Heritage Park Drive right here in Murfreesboro. Again, we'll take a short break, and then we will come right back. Time right now, 842. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurants. I'm always one of those that goes on and off diets. One of the places I love to eat out the most and still be able to do so and maintain a healthy weight is at Demas's. And you know, at Demas's, one of the things that I started doing because of my own eating habits is, is we have a low calorie menu and a low carb menu. So depending on whatever diet that you like, we have options for you that are available at Demas's. Please have your family join our family for lunch or dinner seven days a week at Demas's. This is Amanda at Animal City. Come shop with my family here at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Did you know that dogs have a unique nose print, much like our fingerprint? Here at Animal City, you can find your pet a present as unique as they are. Whether your dog is a power chewer, a gentle senior, an infamous squeaker killer, or a two-pound lap princess, we have the right toy for your baby here at Animal City. Come see us at Animal City, 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. CapstarBank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. When is the best time to move to Adams Place? We debated coming here for three or four years before we came, and I wish we had come a little earlier. Everything could be managed here, and that was a great blessing for us all. I've had a lot of support and a lot of friendships that have kept me going. I'm Terry Deal. Call me from about Adams Place. Phone 615-904-9111. Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Again, our number is 615-893-1450. You can call us or text us. Dr. Craig McCabe in studio with us this morning, local eye doctor. And uh, by the way, you can visit his website for any information on how to contact him or how to set up an appointment. And that web address is what? Uh, McCabeVisionCenter.com. It's just that simple. And there's also resources on there. If you have any questions about eyes, it's a wonderful place just to take a quick look. Lots of videos and everything. 
So, uh, yeah, come check us out. We're on all of the media platforms. Here is another question that says, in my family, we struggle with macular degeneration. Hmm. Uh, they, first of all, they're asking, is this definitely something that is hereditary? And then they're asking, my vision is like looking through a coffee stir. I don't know if they mean a strainer. It says, though, my right eye is slowly getting worse. Do you have any information on how I can slow this disease down? I guess assuming that's what it is. Yeah, well, um, basically in 2024 in the U.S., we have, <coughs> excuse me, we have different treatments for the different forms of macular degeneration. So let's say you just have the start. There's a few little spots that the eye doctor sees in the back of your retina called drusen. These are little places where you've microscopically lost photoreceptors. This is the typical start that we see. And if it's something like that, you should be taking something like a Centrum Silver, a once a day vitamin. Uh, and then if you start to get larger or smaller clumps of these little spots of drusen where you can't see quite as well, then uh, this requires, uh, you're still in what's called the dry form of macular degeneration, the non-exudative. There's a dry form and a wet form. So this is the dry form. And uh, then you should be taking the AREDS, two formula macular degeneration vitamins as well as beyond the mediterranean diet these were both large uh, well-done studies that show if people stay on the mediterranean diet take their macular degeneration vitamins it can slow down the progression of the dry form of macular degeneration by 25 percent over time well that's not great uh, once those drusens start to get a little bit bigger and look like they have, might have more effect on your vision, uh, for the last six months, we've had new medications, prescription medications that are injectable into the eye for the dry form of macular degeneration. Wherefore, the last 15 years, we've only had medications for the wet, the exudative, the worst form of macular degeneration. So we now have lately some things that will slow down more the dry form of the macular degeneration. And you need to go to your ophthalmologist to see whether you're a candidate for one of these or not. And then if you progress into the wet form, where blood vessels grow into the wet retina leak, and like I told you before earlier, that blood, that iron damages the tissue, then there are good medications to help suppress it uh, that are for the wet form of the macular degeneration. And hopefully you've been checked out, diagnosed, uh, treated for this. There is some genetic tests that can show you whether you may develop it in the future. Doesn't mean you will, but whether you have a greater propensity or statistical likelihood and then you may want to make sure that you're on the vitamins sooner. But uh, th that is the current treatment regimen for the majority of beginning, mild, moderate, dry, and then wet form of macular degeneration. You know, I, I looked up the Mediterranean diet because I hear people say that a lot. Apparently, that's good for a lot of things. 
but it looks like lots of vegetables, fruits, beans, lentils, and lots of whole grains like uh, whole wheat, brown rice. I, I mean, this sounds like a diet that'd be good for a long list of ailments and just plain old being healthy. Nuts, fish. Um, you do have uh, some meat protein on there that way. And I guarantee you, if you start doing this diet, I tell my patients with a macular degeneration to start with three lunches a week. And all you got to do is Google Mediterranean diet plans, and you'll have more than you care to look at. But you'll be able to find ones there that you enjoy eating. Once you do that for a couple weeks, you're good with that. Add three dinners a week. You're still at less than half your meals. But you'll find, yes, over time, it will help to keep your eyes from getting as worse as they could. But it will also improve your blood pressure. It will also improve your cholesterol. It'll also improve a lot of good things for you. You'll lose some weight, all these kind of things. And you're eating things you like. And it's not a hassle. And it's not expensive. It says uh, choosing poultry over red meat. That's that's another thing that you hear more and more about. People saying, you know, I'm eating less beef and, and more chicken or more fish. And when you do eat meat, you're eating uh, less fatty cuts of meat. And you're cutting the fat off your meat before you cook it and things like this. So more lean meats, which we all know are better for you than just eating lots of fat uh, this next question says every year that i go for my annual physical the doctor always tells me after blood tests that my iron count is low and i routinely take an iron supplement but it never seems to really come up any suggestions and and because you mentioned iron a second ago uh-huh, uh-huh. so, so, that, that so this is the iron there. within your blood these are people who have iron deficiency anemia which is the most common form of anemia. <clears throat> and assuming that's the only form, because you can have more than one, but assuming that's the only form, uh, you can uh, get uh, the um, iron uh, transfusions, uh, which some people get once a week or once a month. And if your iron is so low to a level that it requires that, insurance pays for that, and you have to go see a hematologist, which means a blood doctor. And we have uh, clinics here, uh, transfusion clinics. That's all they do all day. And uh, they're very good at it. People come in for an hour and they sit down and they do their tablet and then they're done and they go home. So um, you just have to be of a low enough level for that kind of treatment. Most of them are treated with pills, adjusting their diet. Uh, and that's uh, assuming that you have no other forms of blood loss or anything like that. It's just simply iron deficiency anemia. So those clinics that specialize in things like that, are those the same ones that advertise, you know, you can, they'll, they'll hydrate you with an IV uh, over, you know, a 15 minute, 20 minute period each day if you need each day? Typically not. Okay. These are typically medically based clinics, uh, transfusion clinics. But now we have these hydration clinics. You can come in or you can come in and you get some B vitamins or you get hydrated. You drank too much out of Super Bowl. You got to go to work. <laughs> you get that hydration clinic in the morning. You know, that's the most common cause of headaches and problems with hangovers is dehydration. Confusion in the elderly, most yep. common problem, dehydration. 
Interesting. So we have to stay hydrated. I got a bottle of water in front of me. I've been drinking it during the show. And boy, you just got to do that every day. And I'll tell you, if you want to try to lose some weight easily, drink more water. Fill up on water. And uh, that does it. So there's a lot of great things about water. So going to those places and and getting an IV, is is that safe to do? Well, now you're starting to get a little bit out of my territory, so I'm not I'm not an expert at that. But assuming they follow uh, medical technique and sterile technique, then yes, it should be. But I will return you to one of my favorite phrases from Socrates from thousands of years ago: "Everything in moderation." There you go. All right. Uh, This question here says, I feel like I'm losing my eyesight intermittently, even though I've been told I have 20-20 vision. So why could this be happening? So most likely, it's a dry eye problem. There can be many causes to a dry eye problem. It can be caused by medications that you take by mouth from other doctors for other things. Because about a fifth of those cause a dry eye problem. Some patients are on five or more prescription medicines every day. It's very likely they're on one of those. So uh, it can be that. You can be uh, dehydrated. You uh, can have a problem with the oil glands of your eyelids called blepharitis, probably the second most common problem behind dry eyes, and that affects the tear film. Uh, uh, Maybe you have thyroid disease. Maybe you're on a diuretic or an antihistamine or a certain or beta blockers for blood pressure, or maybe you're on a a mood stabilizing medication or an antidepressant, Uh, yada, yada. The list goes on. These all cause a dry eye problems. Uh, Pain pills that are prescription typically cause a dry eye problem. So all these things, the, the thing is go see your eye doctor that treats dry eyes, does a lot of that, and um, they'll go through the differential with you. They'll get it worked out. This is definitely a common problem that we have great treatments for that can make you much better, make you perform, see, your eyes feel comfortable. Um, you just got to take a, take, uh, take a couple hours out of one day and go see an eye doctor and they can help you. Again, Dr. Craig McCabe in studio with us this morning. Next question is, is it true that eye doctors can see brain tumors through the eyeball during an eye exam? And if so, what types of tumors are they able to see? Wow. I've heard that joke. You know, you look in (laughs) through someone's ear and you could see the wall on the other side of their head. (laughs) But no, it's not like that with eyes. We can't see into the brain. We can see into the eyeball. We can see the optic nerve. Now, if you've got a space-occupying lesion in your brain that has increased brain pressure or cerebral spinal fluid pressure, then yeah, that makes the optic nerve swell, and we can see that inside the eye. We can see lupus, we can see diabetes, we can see thyroid, we can see 60% of all neurological problems. They have eye findings, but it doesn't mean we can see them, so to speak. You know, the first way that we can now diagnose uh, Alzheimer's disease is through the eyes. There's special lasers in three different universities that look at these proteins that uh, deposit in the brain. They also deposit in the lens of the eye. So when they say the eyes are the windows to the soul, 
Well, they're often the windows to other medical diseases throughout your body because we're one of the only doctors that can see the red blood cells going through the capillaries. And that's a very important thing that affects many different common diseases, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, diabetes. So all these uh, things can be seen with the eyes. And please don't wait 50 years to get an eye exam. <laughs> you know, even if your eyes are totally fine, go get an eye exam every few years. It's just a wonderful investment, probably in one of the most important things that you have, period, is your vision. And uh, make sure that it's uh, doing well. And if you spend two, three hours, one day, every few years, and the doctor tells you, boy, it looks great, I think you're going to do well for another few years, feel good about that. That was money well spent. Now, when it comes to autoimmune issues, like you mentioned lupus, I had no idea that's something that can, uh, you know, some of that diagnosis process can be done through the eyes. Oh, a absolutely, lupus, because it affects the blood vessels. Anything that affects blood vessels, there's many, many diseases that affect your blood vessels. Like I said, the eye doctor can see that uh, in your eyes. And even the uh, medications, um, methotrexate. Uh, hydroxychloroquine uh, that are used to treat lupus or treat other connective tissue diseases uh, such as rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, those require you to get an eye exam once a year. Interesting. Yeah, because they can have toxicities that are rare, but if they infect the eye are irreversible. So lots of good reasons to go see your eye doctor uh, that's right and you should have an eye exam at least what every 12 months especially when we're over 30 40 years old i, I would say if you're over uh 30 you should get one every two years and that's assuming you have no family history of eye disease your last eye exam was perfectly normal and you had a thorough dilated eye exam not a quickie one and that you're not having any eye symptoms, yes, then that's just fine. Over the age of 50, it's probably a good idea to get one every year or every two years right in there, then over 60 every year. And again with us this morning, Dr. Craig McCabe, eye doctor of McCabe Vision Center, and uh, the address, 122 Heritage Park Drive in Murfreesboro. That's where folks can find you, and they can call, make an appointment, and uh, come in and see you. Yeah, we'd love to see you, and uh, we really enjoy taking care of eyes. Sounds good. McCabeVisionCenter.com, and we appreciate everybody listening this morning. We'll post this as a podcast on our website in just a minute. And right now we're at the 9 o'clock hour. Dr. McCabe, thanks for joining us. Thanks, and I hope everybody has a wonderful and safe Valentine's Day. Really appreciate your loved ones. Time right now, 9 o'clock. News is next with Ron Jordan. And then after that, we've got more news and information coming your way right here on WGNS.